Welcome to Dolly Shares, a show where Dolly Howard shares her experiences, thoughts, and emotions, as only Dolly can. This is a pre-recorded presentation. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. This is uh, Wednesday, July 18th. 2018 and I am Dolly Howard coming to you from Dolly World I'm pre-recording number 21 Dolly Shares and the producers are Colleen Kelly and Nancy Hopkins I was wondering and wondering what am I going to talk about this time I'm just so tired after I had uh, my company from Linda from North Carolina and Mary from Australia. These are the people I was telling you about that we've been friends on online for over 20 years and we met in the Yahoo Mahjong chat room that many years ago and struck up a a friendship just chatting and there was a third person uh, that a third lady that we chatted with but um, she just she was she didn't want to meet in person that's okay that's her choice the three of us who did meet in person had the most wonderful time we just thoroughly enjoyed each other's company and each other even through one of the experiences that we'd been looking for for years and years and years looking forward to it we wanted to all go to Casadega together Casadega Florida is uh, advertised as a haunted town it has 60 residents in it that are human beings on this side. <laughs> they don't know how many purported ghosts or spirits they have. Um, and they have this hotel, Casadega Hotel, that was, is advertised as being haunted. Um, so we were really, really excited. I had been there before and experienced it and it was wonderful. I had wonderful feelings there, vibrations. Uh, I, I really I really tried to tell the girls what I was feeling and that's what made them get interested and want to go there. But this time when we went there last week or was it the week before when they were here we went and we signed into our hotel and everybody's excited and my daughter Sherry and and her husband Shannon and Logan the youngest grandchild we all went we're just really anticipating this trip and Shannon his parents went there after his brother had uh, been killed in a car accident and they were all into trying to hear from him on the other side 
and so they went there too and they got Shannon excited about it so Shannon and I are always in in we're cohorts in in all these exciting things we in, we enjoy doing the silly strange things that the rest of them say oh there they go again <laughs> well we like it Shannon's into uh Sasquatch he believes in Sasquatch and I do too and so we get to talking about that and things like that the things that other people would say oh they're just weird well we enjoy being weird and talking with each other about it so we all got there we all got uh, signed in and Mary signed up for a reading from one of the hotel uh, mediums and uh, we we went out and, and went over to the store across the street it's a bookstore and a, and a place where you can buy jewelry and, and stuffed animals one of those gift stores that you find all around and so we signed up for the tour at night, which was, uh, uh, what did they call it? I called it a ghost tour, so did Shannon. I forgot what they called it. But anyway, we signed up for that and paid for it, and we were looking forward to that too. So just the trip alone, which was an hour away from home where where I live wore me out I had to lay down they insisted that I lay down and I'll be darned if I didn't fall asleep immediately so they went out and explored the town and I took a little nap tried to get some energies back and uh, we went and ate at a cute little restaurant was a local type restaurant and the food was good and of course the company was good too because we all enjoy each other so much and that had ordered a big pretzel and when the pretzel came out <laughs> I'm not kidding you this is the biggest fattest pretzel I have ever seen and, and I'm 71 years old now <laughs> never seen a pretzel that big oh my gosh and and so it came out on this big uh well it had a platform on the bottom and then it had this uh frame that came up in like a half moon shape and a hook on it and it was hanging from that on this frame everybody just shut up as soon as they saw it, excuse me, as soon as they saw it coming out and just stared at it. <laughs> None of us had seen one that big. And Mary from Australia said that she had never seen a pretzel. <laughs> excuse me, I got the hiccups. They don't do pretzels like we do here in America, is what she said. And so once she saw it, she thought, oh, I got to order that and try it because food is different between the two countries. And 
so she was trying all this American food that they don't have in Australia. So the big pretzel was one of her experiences. They loved it so much. They only had a little bit left because there was a pretzel on one end of the table and a pretzel on the other end. And all the peoples were sharing it. It was that big. And they still had a little bit of leftovers left, so they took them back to the hotel room. <laughs> I wish I wish you all could see how big that pretzel was. <laughs> it wouldn't have fit on a big plate. It was bigger than that. But they say it was delicious. So we had a good time with that. And then we went back to the hotel. And uh, Mary had her first reading. Well, it was supposed to be her only reading. But she had her reading. So we're all sitting in a, our room. We had a big room that for six people. It was... It was actually two rooms. One had two double beds, and then we had a bathroom in between, and then the other room had a double bed in it. And Shannon and Logan had room a, a door down from us. <coughs> so we were real close, and, and we were all partying and our talking, laughing, and having a good time. And Sherry and Shannon. I can't say all of us were there because Sherry, Shannon, and Logan went out and they were walking the. They were looking at more stuff in, in this, uh, Casadega. All it is is a cross street, literally, a cross street. It's that little, well, sixty residents in there, and and so Mary went down for her reading. And she came back up, and she was so disgusted. You could tell before she got in the room that she was thoroughly disgusted. And so we just looked at her, and she said she was all wrong. She had nothing right, nothing. And so I said, well, did you tell her? She said, oh, yeah, I told her. And so they had scheduled her with another psychic medium type person for another reading because they felt so bad because she told them, I am not happy, yada, yada, yada. And so they scheduled her with this other lady. So she went to the other reading, and the poor thing, she was so disappointed with that one too everything the woman said was the opposite of what was what pertained to Mary and she the lady said well am am I reading you properly well why would she have to ask but anyway Mary told her no you said that I'm in perfect health Mary has not been in perfect health since I've known her. And that's over 20 years ago. She has major health issues. And uh, she'll be going in for operation. Um, I think she said they finally scheduled her in August. <coughs> you have to plan years ahead in order to die there 
with the medical people involved because that's how their uh, system works. <laughs> it's awful. I mean, you have to plan years in advance. You can't be sick until well you can be sick but you can die between the time you're sick and the time you get to a into a doctor because that's the way their system is set up so anyway Mary got her money back and we were soured on that note and then um, Sherry, Logan, Shannon, and I went on the tour because <laughs> Mary and Annette and Linda were going to go too, but Annette decided she didn't really want to. And because of the disappointing reading that Mary got, and other things were disappointing us, we were not feeling the spirituality there at least not the kind we wanted to so and Linda had fallen there's they have a, a ramp out in front of the hotel but it's set up very awkward and you don't even realize there's a step down well Linda had her foot was half on and half off that step and she took a fall and she messed up her foot she did go to the doctor when she got home because we kept trying to encourage her, please let us take you to a walk-in clinic or get your foot looked at. No, no, no. It was swollen at least double the size it should have been. So she was soaking it in Epsom salt and elevating it when we got home. But anyway, she couldn't walk the tour either, so... Uh, Sherry, Logan, Shannon, and I went on the nighttime tour. And the tour guide was very good and all these... We spent like an hour in the building and she was showing us pictures and telling us stories about it. And she put two flashlights on the bar that was in there. And it was a church, so it wasn't a bar bar, but it was a bar where you serve food. Anyway, she put the two flashlights and I said, Now these will probably turn on because the spirits will turn them on. Like you see on the ghost shows on TV. So we're sitting there waiting for that to happen. And she put an EMF detector on our table uh, in front of where Sherry and Shannon and Annette and I. Annette, yeah, Annette did go on the nighttime tour. We had decided not to go on the daytime tour. Okay, so Annette was there with us. So the the EMF detector did go off one time, very briefly. And, and so we knew there was spirit in the room, but the flashlights never went off. So then uh, we were to the walking part of the tour, down this one street. <laughs> Because I told you, it's literally a crossroad. And in uh, half a block, there's these places where she would stop. It, it was by water and between a couple trees in both areas. And the first one we stopped and, and uh, everybody got to take a tour. 
uh, turn to stand where this uh, the spot was marked with cement so everybody took a turn to stand there and, and call spirits in and well they were saying oh yeah yeah we see this I didn't look at their pictures I was taking pictures I got nothing they were saying orbs these orbs well I got nothing Shannon got nothing Sherry got nothing <laughs> so we were even when they took pictures of us uh, they there was nothing and the the kids were saying to me if anybody should have gotten orbs it would have been you mom which is true I believe it's true I didn't even feel any spiritual activity so anyway we walked down past the church to this other place by water in between trees and this place was the place to get the orbs I thought okay well maybe we'll see something happening here same scenario as the other one so we were pretty disappointed in that and then we went into the old church it had been there since the 1700s and and we were sitting around people were in the pews and I was in my wheelchair and Shannon sat behind me because he was the one pushing me that time <coughs> and uh, excuse me and then the the lady lecturer started telling us that they hold seances in a room back behind the pulpit I have been in that room the first time I was there and we got kind of a a private tour of it because we were there in the daytime nobody was around the janitor lady was there and she she had us come in the church and gave us a tour took us in the dark room a dark room let me explain is a room with no windows and no light they even have the door blocked off so there's no light that can get through the door frame so I've been back there before and I felt kind of uh, I did not want to be there that first time I just didn't feel the right vibration in that room but I did feel good vibes in the church so I thought oh this will be good the kids will like this well then the lady says they they hold seances in there and I got a little spooked from that because I'm not into seances when I, I I'm not into them you can get too many bad things spirits come in or you can just have the, the people that are putting the seance on can just be scammers no I I'm not into seances and excuse me I had to get a drink right then um, and as she was talking about it I just kept getting bad, bad vibrations in the church. And Sherry, let me back up to the second place with the trees and the water. Sherry came away from that place. We were 
three quarters of the way up the hill and um she, Sherry started attacking Shannon verbally. She's all pissed off. And we're all standing there with our mouths hanging open. Says, Sherry, where did this come from? What the heck is wrong with you? We were enjoying each our companies, you know, each other, even though we were very disappointed in Casadega. And so Sherry... As we got away from that spot, going more toward the church, she even turned around and said, I have no idea where that anger came from. And she looked at me and said, Mom, I could have ripped anybody's head off. I just attacked Shannon, I guess. And I said, Well, you owe him an apology. He wasn't doing anything bad. She said, I don't know what came over me. I just had this awful feeling that I wanted to hurt somebody. Oh, I thought, well, that's not good. That's not good at all. Too many people there calling in too many spirits, and and not all of them were good, and Sherry was susceptible. So anyway, we got her taken care of cleared of that awful whatever was taken taken her on and then we got to the church and the woman's talking about the seance and I'm sitting there thinking oh my gosh I even have goosebumps right now thinking about it I did not feel good in that church at all and I kept wondering what in the world happened to this church why is this church not having the good feelings that I had the last time I was here? And finally, something happened really bad spiritually. I turned around to Shannon and said, Get me the hell out of here quick. And Shannon, just, he looked at me kind of startled. I said, Shannon, get me out of here now, now. So he quickly pushed me out of the church and he said, What happened? And I was trying to explain. And then the girls came out too. And they were saying, I didn't feel good in that church. I said, it was bad. It was bad. I don't know what happened from the last time I was in Casadega to that time. But we seemed to be picking up a lot of the bad shit that was there. Other people were all excited. I don't know. <clears throat> any of their background so I can't make any judgment on how, how they were feeling or why or anything um, so we went back to the room and we're talking to Linda and, and uh, Mary and trying to explain to them what we experienced and and then we decided, okay, we're all going to go to sleep now. Well, I kept smelling <laughs> cat pee. <laughs> but I didn't say anything. But I kept smelling it on and off. I'd get a whiff of it during the day. Well, in the morning, the next morning, <laughs> Sherry had left early because Linda was in our room. She was in one of the 
double bed. Sherry and I shared the other double bed, and that was in the other room in a double bed. So the bathroom was between us. And so we were trying to get to sleep, but Linda fell asleep before us. And I don't think I've ever ever heard another woman snore that loud. (laughs) I mean, it was so loud. I was thinking she's shaking the windows and the walls. (laughs) But, of course, I didn't want to wake her up. And (laughs) Sherry got up really early in the morning, went and got Shannon and Logan, and they headed home because we drove separately. So (laughs) we all woke up, the rest of us, Mary, Linda, uh, Annette, and me, woke up and got dressed, and we were sitting there talking, and I said, did anyone else, do any of you, get a whiff of cat pee? And they just, oh, yes, it's awful. Well, it was worse in Mary's room. She couldn't even sleep. Mary got a separate room because she had been sick. And she didn't want me to get her sick, uh, her sickness. And so she got a different room. But her room smelled so bad of cat pee, she couldn't sleep. It made her sick gave her headache gave her a stomach ache oh my gosh so we we went to check out and Mary was telling the lady about the smell and the lady just said oh uh huh (laughs) which pissed Mary off (laughs) so she didn't offer her any words of condolences or that was a spirit cat that was a smell from the spirit cat nothing nothing she just oh okay so on the <laughs> in the car on the way home <laughs> i'm sorry i'm remembering it <laughs> like i'm reliving it in the car on the way home it was linda was driving i was shotgun Annette and Mary were in the back seat and they were talking and we were talking and and then we got we finally started to talk about our experience at Casadega none of us enjoyed it at all I mean I couldn't the only good thing I can find out of it is and I shared this with the ladies and they all agreed um We've always wanted to go to Casadega together. We re- we've planned that for years. And we did have the experience. And we had it together. <laughs> so we were glad we could experience that experience because we had looked forward to it for so long. And we were together. We were all together, my kids and and um, Mary and Linda. And the fact that we had the experience was what made us happy. We fulfilled one of our bucket wishes. And so we stopped and ate on the way home and discussed it a little further and more in depth. But we we 
we did finally be able to go to Casadega. We were just really disappointed. <laughs> now, if anyone else might go there and get all the good feelings that I had gotten the first time. And, and I hope they do. It's just that we we did not get good vibrations from it. So that was our Casadega trip. The rest of the time we spent together was just mostly here at Annette and my house, sitting out on the pool and I, um, playing in the pool, talking. Oh my gosh, we talked and talked and laughed. It was such a good time. And we met on the internet. People keep saying, oh, you can't meet the people that you know on the internet in person because they're going to be completely different. We, Mary, Linda, and I were not any different in person than on the internet. We're, we're, we're the same on the internet as we are in person. It was wonderful. And and I, I thank God over and over because we were able to spend time in person at my house even <coughs> and we enjoyed it so that was my my friends and my experience together now where's my little I gotta figure how much time did I say? Oh my gosh, I told you that. I spent a half hour telling you about my friends. And I thought, well, heck, what am I gonna talk about today? So I was thinking, I will look up a few news articles and make some comments on them. So let me see. I pulled up, I duck duck gold. Is that what you call the duck duck? Duck, duck, go, my searcher thing. And I pulled up alternativenews.com. I never get interested in news at all, so I'm just going to read some of this stuff and see if anything gets my attention. I, seriously, I have not listened to news. I can't remember the last time. I listened to news. I really can't remember. I just, because it's all the same thing, the same script that they're, these actors are given, I don't want to buy into that world. That's not in my reality to hear what they're being told to say and all the fear porn that the people are trying to get across via the news media and so I just figured, well, we've been talking about Trump lately. Let's take a little look in in the news world, and but not in the, like CBS or ABC. I'm in alternativenews.com. News target. Head of gender, genders in quotation marks, head of gender charity, that combats sexual violence was just charged with sexual exploitation of minors child porn oh that's its headline 
Oh, for God. See, this is why I don't listen to news, all this crap. <sighs> okay, what's the next one? So, comma, the deep state is real, and one CNN analyst just called on it to depose President Trump. <laughs> Answer the question, is the deep state real, has been answered. Yes, and what's more, a former CIA operative who is now an analyst for CNN has just called on it to get rid of President Donald Trump for daring to improve relations with a global great power armed to the teeth with nuclear weapons. <laughs> Why the hell wouldn't you make friends with somebody who can kill you? <laughs> but anyway, I think we should all get along. <laughs> As reported by Breibert News, B-R-E-I-B-A-R-T News, Philip Mudd pondered aloud on Monday during an interview with network host Anderson Cooper whether the show whether the shadow government would now rise up in opposition to Trump following his summit with Russian President Vladimir Putin in Helsinki, Finland. When was this? Where's the date? Seven eighteen twenty eighteen. Oh hey, that's today. And he's got his white hair, Nancy. Cooper began the exchange by noting that longtime Trump rival Senator John McCain, is he still alive? Anyway, Republican from Arizona, who has his own scandal-ridden past, <laughs> really, was highly critical of the summit, alternately labeling it pathetic and disgraceful. <laughs> Well, I guess he'd know those things, seeing as he's that way. First-hand knowledge there. Anyway, he was highly critical of the summit, alternately labeling it pathetic and disgraceful because he failed to publicly challenge Putin about Russia's 2016 election interference. Mudd said he agreed with McCain's characterizations. Liberals tend to agree with McCain when he's critical of POTUS, P-O-T-U-S, Trump, and noted, but you have to step back even a short time after this and say, what next? I bet you do. Scared of what he's going to do next. He noted that another... Oh, there's a pound sign, never Trump, Senator, Jeff Flake. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this guy's name <laughs> is Jeff Flake, and he's a Senator. I would have changed that name for sure. <laughs> He, it says he's a Republican from Arizona who is retiring this year, was also critical, and so was Senator Marco Rubio, a Republican from Florida, 
who ran against Trump in 2016 and has lately been moving away from him in terms of policy. <laughs> I can't get over this. He's a senator and his name is Flake. <laughs> get control of yourself, Dolly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but then Mud noted... <laughs> My question would be, when do members of the president's inner circle say, look, we have an overseas dilemma where you are portraying us in terms of the American government as worse than a tyrant. That is Vladimir Putin. I kind of like Vladimir Putin myself. <laughs> He's a no... A no... Uh, I forgot the term for it, but he's out front and he says, you guys need it. Well, you know what. So, going on with this quote from Mudd. Secretary of Homeland Security came out with statements this week about continued Russian interference. This was not on Obama's watch. That's this week, FBI Director continues the investigation. Department of Justice continues support for the investigation. Congress continues saying this investigation's legitimate. <laughs> of course it is. It's happening with our government. <laughs> Goes right along with that guy's name, Flaky. Flake. <laughs> Okay, I'm continuing with Mud's, Mud's, what he said. Oh, and his name is Mud. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I just find this hysterical. I don't know about the rest of you. Okay. <laughs> So Mud's throwing some mud around. <laughs> oh, I gotta get control myself. I'm gonna get a drink here. This is why I don't read the news. <laughs> or so-called news. <laughs> I get carried away with it. Alright, let's see. Continuing with Mud's mud-slinging. Curious point in American government. When do we see almost a shadow government come out and say, we cannot side with the government, whether it's the cabinet or the senate? <laughs> okay, come on, Dolly. CNN analyst Philip Mudd chillingly raises prospect of a shadow government taking on President Trump following summit with P Putin. Okay. Well, good luck there. <laughs> well, this certainly gave me some entertainment. <laughs> not only is that on reason, let's see, foreign policy is not reason. Here we have a former CIA agent not only admitting that the deep state is a real thing, but calling on it to depose a duty e duly elected sitting president. <laughs> I'm finding this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That just cracked me up. 
I'm finding this stuff on NewsTarget.com. Let's see. Um, if that's not treason and traitorous, then the words are meaningless. <laughs> Coming from a guy who slings mud and a flake. <laughs> a flakes. A senator by the name Flake. Okay, come on. Russia has been meddling in U.S. internal affairs for decades. Before it was Russia, it was the Soviet Union. America has been doing the same things to Russia. If anyone knows without a doubt what kind of person Putin is and what his government has been up to, it's President Trump. He gets daily intelligence briefs, so he knows what Russia is up to. <coughs> I made myself coughing now. <coughs> and if he doesn't, then that's the intelligence community's fault for not informing him. And if that's the case, why not inform the president? <coughs> Oh, come on, people. Not you people, these idiots I'm reading about. But expecting Trump to smack Putin across the face and publicly shame him for meddling, for conducting great power espionage to forward his country's interests like we are doing, it is not realistic. It's unhinged. It's madness. <laughs> yes. The government is like that. So, hold on. <clears throat> Calling on the shadow government to stop Trump from carrying out his own vision of American foreign policy, and in parentheses, and remember, this is the candidate who ran on a Make America Great Again platform, and in parentheses, is about as treasonous as it gets. Whatever. No one called for Hillary and Obama's scalps after she handed the Russian foreign minister a misspelled reset button. Read more about the deep state at deepstate.news so you can go there and read more about it. I don't think I don't think my voice could take it. It'll make me laugh some more. I mean, yeah, I believe there's a deep state. I definitely do. I'm not saying I don't believe it. <coughs> I do believe there is. And I'll keep the rest of my opinions on that to myself. Just take note that I do have a sense of humor when it comes to these things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and see what else I can find. It'll crack me up. Oh, here, what? Who's this guy? He's pretty good looking. Dominic Cooper. Mama Mia is like family, but band of brothers almost ended my career. As the ABBA extravaganza returns, the star explains why a Mama Mia sequel couldn't be more uh, timely. 
how working with two ex-partners is an advantage, and why Spielberg's war epic left him very sad. Oh, really? Let's see why it left him. What epic? Then he went to see the stage show and was deeply moved. It was incredible seeing an audience so swept away, he says, wonderfully. It turned out to be something people really needed at that time. They were desperate for the escapism. And then the film, starring Meryl Streep as the spirited single mother Donna, was released in 2008, just before the global economy tanked. Its sequel, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, is out this week, and with its life-affirming sense of joy, love, and sunshine seems similarly well-timed. This couldn't be coming at a better time, says Cooper. It's all been quite bleak and difficult to comprehend what's going on. People occasionally need to go and sit in a dark space with people they love and forget everything. <coughs> Gotta agree with him on that. Lost my time. I got few minutes. Was it, oh wait, Cooper returns as Skye, the husband of Donna's daughter, played by Amanda Seyfried. The actors had a relationship for several years after meeting on the first film and were brought together for the second. That's happened twice this year, Cooper says with a laugh. He also stars in the U.S. TV series Preacher with his former partner Ruth Nega. <clears throat> was it awkward? I think what it's going to be like, then it's fine. Ruth and I have stayed good friends. We both care massively about the show. We've worked together so much that we n each know how the other works. She's more honest with me with regard to the acting than anyone could ever be, which is helpful. And it's great to see Amanda again. You're working with somebody you know really well. What, he asks, is the alternative. Sulk in a corner? There's no other option. On, ultimately, your friends. It was striking at the time how female-dominated the Mamma Mia show and film were. Judy Kramer produced, Katherine Johnson wrote, and Philida... Lloyd directed a story revolving around a mother and daughter. Did it feel different? Yes, yeah, says Cooper. I think it brought a more thought-provoking atmosphere. Sets are still terribly male-heavy. I would like to see more women on sets. There is a different and wonderful atmosphere. I think that's what made it such a pleasant, non-competitive, relaxing and supportive environment. That's where people produce their best work. I think it comes across on the scene, screen. <coughs> Let me see. Yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, he's a chain smoker. Then there's another new film, the low-budget British impoverished drama, The Escape, in which he is husband to German Art, Arterson's suffocated suburban wife who snaps and abandons her family. Oh, sounds like a lovely film. I loved it, says Cooper. Oh, come on. 
these things really happen and they're real emotional nightmares. Well, who wants to see an emotional nightmare? Oh, for crying out loud. <coughs> he describes the history boys. Maybe this will get to where I'm wanting to go. Alan Bennett's 2004 play that's the making of his career in the same way. We all still remind one another what a magical time that was, he says, of the cast. It's an amazing piece of writing and you can understand why people responded to it. People loved the language of it, the common understanding of what education is and what life is about. The play surged from the National Theater to Broadway before filming becoming a film. However, Nicholas Heitner, the film's Cooper, he was now too old to play grammar school but about to sit the Oxbridge exams. Cooper wouldn't let it go, pointing out he had just played a 12-year-old Will in the national production of His Dark Memories. <laughs> Come on! <clears throat> Have you seen a picture of this Cooper guy? There's no way he could play a 12-year-old, realistically. Let's see, that seems to show some determination. I say cockiness, even. Thinking about it now, I'm actually quite surprised, he says. Me now might have gone, okay, sure. There are moments in life like that, which everyone has, when you see different roles, routes. I don't know what it is that makes one push for one. You think if it if that hadn't happened, how different everything could have been. That's the truth. I'm still trying to find out why he thought that that was a bad thing for him. <clears throat> I'm still waiting towards the end of the show. It's quite difficult because people start coming in with scripts. Everyone is like, oh yeah, what's that? But we weren't like that with each other. I've never really worked out why because I've done jobs where it's been awful. So we evidently enjoyed doing it. Well, that was a, a bust. I couldn't find why he why he was upset about it. Maybe you, if you all want to go read more, go to The Guardian and look for Dominic Cooper. Mamma Mia is like family, but band of brothers almost ended my career. What fashion lessons can we learn from Trump's visit? Oh, that's important, you know. We gotta know what clothes the people are wearing and who made them. So important. <laughs> oh my gosh let's see well none from Trump himself other than the obvious when meeting the Queen it is best not to wear a suit that looks as if you found it at the bottom of a dry cleaning pile and for the love of God button the jacket man look at the state of you what let me look at this Oh, too dark. I can't see it because he's got a dark background and a dark suit. What the heck? As for millennia, well, after last month's jacket gate, when for her first, for her visit to incarcerated migrant children, she opted to wear a jacket with the timeless moving slogan on the back, I really don't care. Do you? Uh-oh. She opted for a less wordy wardrobe on this trip. 
<coughs> her long yellow dress by the ultra pricey designer brand J. Mendel prompted some wits on social media to compare it with Belle's gown in the animated Beauty and the Beast. Oh, further prompting them to suggest she was implying her husband is a monster. <laughs> it seems more likely that Millennia was reverting to the look her fans like most, which is that of a high-maintained, uber-feminine princess, exemplified by her refusal to take off ridiculously high silhouettes, even when playing bowls, bowls on the grass in London. And really, who ever knew that was possible? <laughs> Why, they talk about the most important stuff, don't they? <laughs> it's funny how Trump fans insist that they like the Trump, the Trumps because they seem so real, while at the same time pre preferring them when they look like... Well, at the same time preferring them when they look most like parodies of tasteless rich people. <clears throat> it's sort of like how, on the one hand, Trump's defenders claim he's so smart, and on the other, insist any moronic mistake he makes proves he's just a regular guy. But truly, fathoming the double-think of a Trump supporter is beyond my pay grade. Oh my God, and then there's, there's this picture of Queen Elizabeth... Oh my gosh, it's a freaking scary picture. Every time I see a picture of her lately, I just, I don't usually get scared over things. This woman scares me. <coughs> her looks, anyway. <coughs> she looks like, she just looks evil. And I feel evilness coming just from the freaking picture. Seriously. Oh my gosh. And here's an where am I? It's in the Guardian dot com, y'all, if you want to look it up. Oh, what time is it? Oh, I gotta go. I can't read any more to you. Well, I hope you had fun running around with my thoughts. Um this will be on today. I forgot what the new time is. Let's see. I do uh, Durfee from Dolly Reads for you from 4 to 6. And then there's that other lady. I always forget her name. From 6 to 7. So this will be on at 7 o'clock tonight. And hopefully you will have heard that before you get to the end of this tape. <laughs> but you can listen to the tape itself. So, I've enjoyed laughing about these people and their names and and their silliness on what they say. And I hope you enjoyed it a little, too. Take the news with a grain of salt, y'all. Because is it news or is it just propaganda or is it storytelling? I think it's storytelling. So, on that note...
talk with you later, for sure, Saturday, on Say What, between 6 and 8. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Dolly Shares with Dolly Howard. Thank you for listening.